So, hey, today we're going to be starting a new series for four weeks. We're going to do this through the 22nd. It's called Great Joy. We're going to be talking about the joy that Jesus brings. And, uh, and one of the things that I want to talk about right off the bat is I want to define what joy is. So I'm going to use the scripture. We're going to be starting in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. How many of you are following along this morning on our Movement Church app? Listen, if you're new here, I'm going to tell you probably the best way to follow along uh, in one of our services is on that Movement Church app. You can download it no matter what kind of phone you use. We won't hold it against you if it's not an Apple. That's just personal between me and Pastor Jeff. <clears throat> I have not had one of my phones catch on fire. Pastor Jeff, have you? <laughs> that's right, that's right. So no matter what kind of device you're using, you can, you can get our church app and follow along. Um, if you're new here, um, I also want to tell you that we want you to know you're loved and you belong. I do my best to get from this platform out into the courtyard. Big Blue Tent says connect to join you um, and say hi. So I would love to do that. We're going to be starting. Now I'm going to read this story. Now I'm not going to read the story of the birth of Jesus, I'm actually going to take it one step before that. And this is when the angel shows up to Mary and she has a conversation with this angel and then she goes in and she ends up having a conversation with her cousin whose name is Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, uh, is, as you're going to find out, is pregnant with a child as well. And this child's name is John. Now John is, later on in years, is going to be known as this guy that we read about in Scripture and his name is John the Baptist. And so Jesus and John are cousins. So we're going to read this story really quickly. And we're going to pull some things out of here that I think we can use to talk about joy. Verse 26, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledge to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Yeah, that's good news. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I'm going to read that one more time. For nothing is impossible with God. How many of you guys need to hear that word this morning, right? Some of us are walking into this time of the year and maybe you need to hear the fact that nothing that you're facing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for God to move upon in your life. And that, that, is, that's a pro that right there is a, a statement of promise. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. And at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, this is one of my favorite parts of Scripture. There's a lot in this that I can unpack, but for today, we're going to talk about joy. Something that I know about words, words' definitions are determined by the person using them. Words' definitions are determined by the person using them. Uh, Let me give you an example of this. A couple months back, we were at David's tent. We're down in Del Mar. David's tent is, yeah, how many guys, David's tent? Yep, okay, awesome. Okay, so we're down in David's tent. And David's tent was born out of the United Kingdom. So a lot of British people came over from the UK 50 or 60 of them flew on their own dime to come over and volunteer for David's tent here in the United States at Del Mar so that they could help seed and get started. What they believe God wants to birth out of what he's been doing in England, God wants to birth here in the United States. So they come over in faith and goodwill, and they're going to spend time. And One of the guys that I encountered uh, as I was sitting in the camping area and we start having a conversation, and he's telling me about something had occurred and he needed a ride somewhere. And so he starts talking to an American, and the American says to him, I can give you a ride. Grab your bags and put them in the trunk of my car. And, and this gentleman, his name was Nathan, and Nathan stopped, and he, he looked a bit bewildered. Now, why would I put my stuff in your trunk? And the person, the American looked at Nathan and thought, that's the strangest thing ever. Why would you question that? I'm going to put your stuff in my car. So he goes, yeah, you're going to put your stuff in my trunk. He said, I don't I don't." I don't think that makes sense because, see, to Nathan, a trunk is something that you have in your house that you put stuff in. And so the two of them figure out that they're not speaking the same language, right? So he says, the American says, what do you call it? He goes, well, you want me to put the stuff in your boot? It's the boot. Now let me ask you a question. If I told you right now to grab your belongings and stick them in my boot, how many of you would look at me as if I was a little crazy today? See, words, definitions are determined by the person using them. And today we're going to talk about joy. We need to lay the foundation. Today is a day of foundation. We need to talk about what joy is. We need to talk about some key principles, some foundational things about joy. So today, based on the person using the word and based on what I'm reading it out of, the word that I'm reading it out of, the definition that I can give you is none only than a biblical definition of joy. So we may have lots of interesting concepts of what joy is, but today we're going to talk about the biblical definition of joy. Number one. I want to tell you that joy, and I'm going, to, I'm going to say this twice. It's in our notes on the app, but I, I'm going to say this twice. Joy is an internal, this is the biblical definition, an internal confidence 
of the results from a right relationship with God. It's an eternal confidence of the results from a right relationship with God. It's that quiet peace that you have that everything is going to be okay. Through any and all circumstances. That no matter how hard it rained on Thanksgiving, Haley and the team were still down there dressed as T-Rexes and turkeys and roosters. Running around in the rain with a sign that said, Run, Turkey, Run. Despite the circumstances, there is a quiet confidence in you. And that is the result of a right relationship with a living God. Number one, I want to tell you, number one, joy is produced only by the Holy Spirit. Joy is produced by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. So this is something that's produced by the Holy Spirit. Joy is not something that you and I can create on our own. Joy is not something that we, we, we can muster up enough strength. We can go out and earn. We can get enough education, we can make enough money, we can buy a big enough house, we can get the nicer car, we can put on the mask, we can dress in the nicest clothes. Joy is not something that you and I create and earn on our own. It's produced only by the Holy Spirit. What we mistakenly think as joy is nothing but self-seeking pleasure. Now you and I do have the ability to go out and in our own strength seek pleasure and find pleasure. And I will tell you that if self-seeking pleasure can be created, it will also deteriorate. So what you and I can create, it will deteriorate because it is made by our own strength. And what we create is not eternal. The Holy Spirit can give us an eternal, it can give us something that's, that's everlasting. And it's only, true joy is only produced by the Holy Spirit. I love this part of the passage that we just read. It says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is when the angel's talking to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be with child. And then further along, it says in verse 41, that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, that the baby leapt in her womb, and that Elizabeth was full of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say that the baby Baby John the Baptist leaps in, her, in his mother's womb because of the power of the Holy Spirit that his mother just was impacted by. We see a real life example here of joy being the product and the impact from an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Number two, I want to tell you that joy is grown. If joy is a fruit, this is my mind, if joy is a fruit, fruit hangs on trees, trees are buried in dirt, they have roots, there's soil, you water them, and out of that, that process, fruit is grown. So if joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, that means I can grow 
that fruit. That means when I read love, joy, peace, patience, I can grow in all those things. So your joy can be grown. Now in this case, I want to tell you that when I read this story of little baby John in his mother's womb, I'm assuming that maybe baby John is rolling around in there, you know, doing the like, you know what I mean? Because the baby's six months old at this time, like in utero. So it's like, it's, it's the, like you have an alien in you zone. Have you ever experienced that? Anybody? First time dads, like, you're like, oh, what the heck happened to my wife? Like, it's just the most brilliant thing ever. And you see hands and feet and the kid's like, you know. We like to play a game where we're like, is that, is that a head or a butt, you know? <laughs> is that a heel or an elbow, you know? And it's just like, is there more than one? <laughs> and it gets kind of freaky sometimes. So I think babies are happy. But what happened here was, is that the joy that only the Holy Spirit produces was grown in John, even in utero. How was that grown? It was when he entered into the presence of Jesus and had an encounter with Jesus. What happened here? Mary walks into the room. And what's Mary carrying? She's carrying the joy of the Lord. His name is Jesus. And as Mary walks in, The whole atmosphere encounters the joy of a living God. And joy is produced to the point this, this little child in his mother's womb leaps. Joy is grown because he's in the presence of Jesus. You know, when you and I get closer to Jesus, we can grow our joy. I love this passage. This is Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Those eternal pleasures at your right hand. That word fill me is increase me. It's like this idea that we're a jar and we're a joy jar. Let's call ourselves joy jars. Or maybe you want to be a jug. You can be a joy jug. I don't care. If you want more of Jesus, then you want to call yourself a jug, not a jar. Okay? So I'm a jug. I'm a joy jug. And when I get in the presence of Jesus, it's like Jesus just starts pouring joy into you as a joy jug. To the point that you just begin overflowing. That you too, as you get more, as, you, as your nearness to him increases, that you get full more of Jesus. You get full of more joy. And then what happens is you start spilling, your jug, start, you start spilling out. So when you walk into the room, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hi, how are you doing? And all, you, all of a sudden, you get hit by the Holy Spirit, the joy that I'm carrying. You're like, I don't know why. I'm so joyful when I'm around you. Are people joyful when they're around you? They should be. If, you, if you're like, I'm a follower of Jesus, people should be joyful when they're around me. People are like, you know, every time Pat leaves, he's just, I'm a little bit more bummed out than I was when he walked in. <laughs> like, this is a personal struggle of mine. I struggle, can, 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 I, can, can I be honest with you? I struggle with joy. For so many years of my life, I struggled with joy. Do you know why? Because this is the truth. We come into a season like, oh, it's merry. And for some of us, it's not a merry time. 
For some of us, it's difficult because we become hyper aware of the things that we've lost or things that we don't have, things that we've wanted. We're going to talk about that next week, by the way. We're going to talk about how to live in that tension of walking and suffering and trials and expectation, but still be able to walk in joy. We're, we're going to talk about that because we, we need to discuss this, okay? But I haven't always been good at this. And what I realized was is that if, if I check my joy jug and if I'm, people around me aren't getting more joy when they're around me, I need to go back and ask how close I really am to Jesus. Was I close to Jesus this morning? No, I really wasn't. I was really close to doing something like because people on the freeway were, you know. Because as I'm joyful, one of the other fruits of the Spirit is patience. So I'm patient. Because I'm patient, I'm actually able to have joy because I'm, I'm actually loving to love people. So here's a quick like lit, spiritual litmus test. If you can't find joy in other people's lives that you're impacting around you, maybe check and see if you're exuding joy. And if you're not, get your little spiritual GPS out. I'm going to make an app. Like Jesus' GPS. And it's going to be a couple quick questions you can ask yourself. And be like, nope, I'm not near Jesus today. I need, like, you know, the little frowny face. Like, today's grumpy day. So just like, you know what? If you're going to be grumpy Christian, you need to tell your face that you, it's joy day. But if you don't want to, you just want to be grumpy Christian, then you just need to, don't say anything today. Okay? Don't bring anyone else down. That's for myself. Well, I'm not speaking. Actually, I was just preaching. I was laying my hand on myself right there. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come upon Pat right now. He needs you. The more we give ourselves over to Jesus, the more we look like Jesus. And you know what? The more joy we will find. That is the truth. Number three, joy is internal. Mary walks into the room. She's carrying baby Jesus in her womb. This is, this is an internal thing. Joy was living in her. It's an internal thing. John 15, 11, I have told, this is Jesus, I have told you this, that my joy may be where? In you. See, happiness and self-seeking pleasure, that's all external. It's what happens out here that makes me laugh and smile. But joy is internal. It's the thing that I'm actually pregnant with. It's the hope I'm pregnant with. It's the joy that I'm carrying that bubbles up and births something. It's internal. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Full, overflowing, God doesn't look at our joy jug and go like, oh, one more drop. Okay, we don't want it. We were good. There is a, there, there is a fullness. God's joy that he has for you isn't 80%. I hear these interesting statistics. You know, uh, Pat, you know, uh, 80% is actually full. Somebody was talking to me about something, and they tried to convince me that 80% was full. And I said, really? I'm going to pay you 80% of your money when you get paid and tell you that was your full paycheck. 
right? 80% is 80%, people. Full is full. And God wants to give us, through his son Jesus Christ, wants to give us the fullness of his joy, that it could live within us like it lived within Mary. This is a fascinating picture that we get when we read the story of Mary. This young girl carrying joy. It, it's, 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 it's a futuristic picture being painted, beautiful picture being painted, that each one of us can know that there is going to come a point in time in Jesus' life when he dies on a cross and he overcomes death and he's resurrected, that he makes it possible that he can live inside of each one of us and, and be our joy and he can birth joy just like the moment that's being described here as his, his young mother is walking with him. It's telling us what's possible. Too often what happens is we let envy steal our joy. I just felt, I felt I, like that was in the moment. I felt like right now I just need to say this. Too often we let envy steal our joy. What happens is we, we read a story of someone else's joy and we go, oh my gosh, I wish that was purposed for me. When all the while, we should look at the story of someone else's joy and understand that it's actually a promise or shows you the possibility that it could be for you. Hold on, I want you to understand this. When you look at your neighbor, when you look at the people you work with, when you look at the people around you and they're experiencing what seems like great joy, instead of getting envious and it killing your ability to feel joy, I want you to see their story as the possibility that you too can walk with the same joy. Number four, joy is a response. Joy is a response. Verse 44, this is the part that I've been talking about. This is when little baby Jesus and Mary meets little baby John and Elizabeth. And, and little baby John, his response was what? What did he do? Do you leap? Hold on. Did, 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 does your spirit... Did, did, did your spirit did your spirit leap when you when you have an encounter with Jesus? Is there that thing like inside of you as you get closer to that as you get closer to being in the presence of that person, of that thing, of that day that's coming? Like you like you watch your kids like my, my nine year old's like dad how many how many how many days till Christmas? I was like one less than there was yesterday. <laughs> dad how 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 many how many days till Christmas? And I'm like. An hour less than an hour ago. So we have a little like block calendar thing. I thought this is going to take care of everything. Nope. She asked, I'll be like, yeah, how many days of Christmas? I'm like, what does that say? She goes, I don't think it's right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like, 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 like joy is a response. We're, we're, we're driving to Thanksgiving. And we're going to hang out. Uh, at my brother-in-law's house. He lives in Carlsbad. We live in San Marcos. So I got my, my mother-in-law in the car. I, got, and I, I need you to understand where everyone was sitting because it's, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to matter. I got my mother-in-law next to me in the car because it's like driving Miss Daisy all the time. And she did, she, anyway, she's awesome. She's probably watching online right now. So hi, hi mama. 
Okay. So I got my mother-in-law in the car. Right behind her, I have my four-and-a-half-year-old who happens to be at that age that her legs are within reach of kicking the seat of the person in front of her. And then we have little baby Nohea. She's a six-month-old. She's, she's, just, a, she's a, just a bag of blubber. She's just... You can like squish her and stick her in a small space and she just expands and fills that space. She just move. She's trying to learn how to crawl, but her cheeks keep getting underneath her hands. So we got we got four-year-old Kalea who who who's in kicking distance. And then we got Nohea, she's just a little butterball. And then we've got my wife, Chandra, and then I think we have a small child in the back. And I'll be honest with you, I forget. Past that seat, I forget. I think we had another one with us. I am not sure, honestly. I do know they all made it to the house. And on the way to the house, my four-year-old starts getting revved up. Why is she getting revved up? She, she starts getting excited. She's excited because where's she going? She's going, oh. She starts telling me, she's like, I'm going to uncle's house. I'm going to uncle's house. Oh, okay. So we get to Cannon. We go to turn left on Cannon, and she lets out this big scream. She, oh! Boom, boom, boom. My mother-in-law is like, what? what's going on? Hey, hey. Hey, what are you doing? Who's kicking my chair? And she starts saying, she starts telling us, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see my cousins and, and my friends, and we're gonna play and we're gonna eat. We're gonna see the dogs. And then she's like, I'm not too sure about the dogs. I don't like the dogs. And as we get closer, every stoplight, every corner. The joy inside of her, she's like jumping out of her car seat. And oftentimes I think, if joy is a response, am I that joyful in my response the closer that I get to Jesus? Is my four-year-old, as she gets closer to being in the presence of her cousins and her friends and being able to eat? Am I a flatlined Christian? Am I, am, I, am I just... <laughs> I, I look at my four-year-old, who, by the way, in so many ways doesn't fit into this world. I, I look at her sometimes. And at the same time, she says and does the most profound things. Because I feel like her filter isn't there. She just looks at life like, I, I see you and I'm excited to be here. And I just can't contain it. And I wonder what, like, what's happened to me. That when I encounter Jesus, when I get in the presence of God, when we're singing these songs, why do I stand there and do I stare? Why, 
Why do I act as if Jesus has done nothing for me at all? Why am I not responding with the deep sense of joy that Jesus Christ was born and his father made a decision to send him in his, all of his humanity put on this skin suit to step into my world? And it demands a response. Kick the chair of the person in front of you. See, joy is a response to a joyful God establishing His joyful kingdom inside of your life and my life. This is important for us. As we walk through this season, too many of us, too many times, too many narratives that we read and that we hear, and too many things that are said paint Jesus to be a God of deep, dark anger and wrath. But the truth is that I don't see one of those words I just used described as a fruit of his spirit. But I do see joy. God is a God of joy. The kingdom is full of joy because the king is full of joy. My question for you, not in this season, because my prayer is that this wouldn't just last for four weeks. That our generosity to fill a food bank with 10,000 pounds of food. That our generosity to show up in the rain and run a 5K in the rain wouldn't just be one time a year. But we would be willing throughout the year, 365 days out of the year, to respond with joy as we encounter Jesus on a moment-to-moment -moment basis in our life. My prayer is that we would all together, not just you as an individual, and this is important as well, not just you as an individual, that we together can look at each other and understand that in our humanity we need, we need a living God who dwells in us to bring us joy that is complete and full. And we now have a chance to respond. And for some of us, we've never had that opportunity. You've never taken the, you've never taken the leap. Today's your day. You're going to have an opportunity to leap. You're going to have an opportunity to get so excited, you start kicking the chair of the person in front of you. You know what I mean? People are like, what are you so excited about? And you're like, I never thought you'd ask. I got something to help with that irritation. And they're like, yeah, I, I got something to help. We have an opportunity. Not just on the 1st of December. Not for four weeks. We have an opportunity today. You have an opportunity today to set a foundation in your life called joy in the name of Jesus. You have an opportunity today to leap. Let's stand.
Some of us in the room have never encountered Jesus. You know, it's one thing to hear about Jesus. It's another thing to encounter him. It's one thing to hear a friend tell you about a person that you should meet and all the reasons why. It's another thing to show up and be in the same room and be in the presence of that person. This morning, my prayer is right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you are having an encounter with Jesus. That the truth in your life maybe is that you've never had an encounter with Jesus, but you've chased after things that were should have been. The world tells you, this is pleasure, this is joy, and none of it is fulfilling you. You're left empty. You're climbing the ladder. You're getting the promotions, but you're empty. You're making it further than everyone else. You're, you're doing all the right things, but you're empty inside. Because you don't have joy. Today is your day to leap. And as you leap for Jesus, you're leaping for joy. Some of us in the room have encountered Jesus. And I feel like we need to be taken back to that initial moment, that place. That I remember my life. I remember where it was. I was sitting in a little church in downtown Oceanside. It's an old movie theater, and I was holding my oldest daughter, who was about 18 months old at the time, and I'm sitting in the very back of the room. And the pastor, I remember his words, he stopped and he said, haven't you ever wanted your life to have purpose? See, family, I had chased all the things that I thought were going to bring me joy in life. But I was as empty as a person could be. You know, when I, when I re-encounter that moment even telling you, God's restoring the joy of that salvation. We need to live in a place where we're constantly coming into encounters with Jesus Christ and saying, today, today is the most joyful encounter I'm ever going to have. And tomorrow when I encounter you, and the next hour when I encounter you, it's going to be the most joyful encounter that I'm ever going to have. You know, every time I see you, like my four-year-old, you know how many times we go to her uncle's house? You know, every time we go to her house, it seems to get more, like she kicks the chair harder. She screams louder. She gets more excited. Am I, am I, am I living a life loving Jesus in a way that every time I get more excited? I get more excited about the fact that today I get to come in and preach about Jesus. I get more excited about the fact that I get to encounter Jesus again. God, take us back to that place. Restore the joy in our hearts. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Psalm 51, 12. Let's pray. God, I pray right now that every encounter with you is as powerful as the first. Every encounter with you is as powerful as the first. God, let us not look at joy as a season, but a foundation, as a person. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ today, 
you want to encounter Jesus and you want to step into a relationship, you're going to leap today. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. 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 For those of you in the room who you've encountered Jesus, but you're like, you know what? I, I think I need a refresh. If you feel open to, I want you to open your hands up. It's Christmas, so open your hands up like you're going to get a gift. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you restore to us, restore to every single person here, restore to every single heart here, restore to every single story, every single part of our journey, God, you would restore the joy of your salvation, of the salvation that only you can bring when you live inside of us, that when you dwell in us, that you bring something of completeness and fullness to my life and to every life of every person who's responding to you right now. God, we thank you for the power of your son. We thank you that you made the decision and that you were willing to come in the form of of humanity. That you're restoring the joy. By the way, that the enemy wants to steal. He knows what happens. If we get joyful people, what, 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 what happens when there's a whole car full of four-year-olds that are kicking chairs? What happens when things start getting a little bit wild in the room when we start responding with joy to a real Jesus? What happens when we start responding with joy in our communities? What happens when we start responding with joy with our checkbooks? What happens when we start responding with joy in our worship? When we start running after God like He's a real God to encounter? What what does joy look like? What does joy sound like? Are you willing to leap? Begin right now, if you can. See, see what's happening is joy is releasing gratitude. This is what happens. We just went through Thanksgiving. You're thankful? Joy releases gratitude. Begin, but you know what? Just do this right now. To whatever degree you want. You could quietly in your own heart. You could sing it. You could say it. You can shout it. I don't care. Begin right now to thank Jesus for who he is. Begin to lift your voice. Begin to say it. Begin to just thank Him. Begin to thank God for who He is in your life. I think what happens is, see, joy is such a foreign thing. When we begin seeing and hearing joy, some of us stand back and we, we, we kind of scratch our head a little bit. And we go, what is this that's taking place? Especially as adults. You know, children don't have a problem with showing their joy. My four-year-old had no problem sitting in the back of the car, clapping her hands and raising her voice and kicking the seat of her grandma sitting in front of her. 
But as adults, what happens is, is we've had that run out of us because we need to, we need to stay in our lane. We need, we, we don't, we can't get too excited about things. We need to be quiet. You gotta, because when you learn to color, you had to color inside the lines. What I'm telling you is, you need to get outside the lines. What, what I'm saying is Jesus this morning is asking you not to get outside of the four walls of the box. He's saying you need to break down the box. You, you need to kick down the walls of the box because I have some joy that I want to bring you into. I want to fill you. I want you to walk in a completeness of who I am. So Father, we thank you here this morning. God, it is with hearts of gratitude that we can say thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you that, yes, we're reminded as we walk into a season, but more importantly, for laying a foundation for our joy, our strength, our courage, and our ability to face whatever comes our way. So God, we look to you as we walk forward. We look to you as we move into our week. We look to you as we move further into a relationship and into your presence. And in your name, in the power and the authority of Jesus' name, everyone said yes and amen and amen.